I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory. Why don't you take your Bibles today and meet me in Hebrews chapter 11, and let's look at one verse in this chapter, verse 29, and examine something very specific about faith. And so let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come today bringing encouragement and hope and joy, and also prophetic vision of what it is that you're doing right now in this moment within the church and within the lives of your people. So, Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit revealing to us things to come, uh, things that are even here now. We give you praise in Jesus' name, and we all agree today and say, Amen. Verse 29, it says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Well, this is in reference to the exodus of the children of Israel leaving Egypt and moving out of that iron furnace of affliction and moving on with the plan that God had for them. And we understand from symbolism typology that Egypt while it's a real place, a real country, it also represents the world. And Pharaoh, under the Old Testament system, he would be a type of Satan. So, Satan ruling over the people of the world. The people of the world do not understand God's kingdom, God's principles, God's ways, and they don't understand faith. And this is why it says, by faith they, the children of God, pass through the Red Sea as by dry land. And we know the great miracle of the Red Sea splitting. They crossed over, and you have multiple miracles going on, which is the water splitting, but also the wind, which dried everything out for them. So they're not, you know, trying to pull carts through mud and tried to walk through mud. That'd be really hard to do. So we have a lot of miracles all taking place at the same time. It says, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. And so the Egyptians saw the people of God do something, and they thought, well, you know, we don't understand it. We don't really understand how it's working, but it's working for them, so let's do it too. <laughs> well, it was a disastrous result for the Egyptian army that went down into that Red Sea. Uh, the only time they came up was when they floated to the top later on with their bodies washed up on the, the shore over on the other side. Wow, amazing. Why did it work for the people of God, but it did not work for the Egyptians? Because the, the Egyptians didn't have faith. They didn't believe. Now, you can't expect the people of the world to understand God's way of doing things. And God wants you to be a person of faith where you trust Him, and you take Him at His Word. By the way, this is also why those in the world can't please God. First of all, those in the world can't please God because they're separated from God because of their sins. So you need a mediator to get you back to God. That mediator is only one person, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so He's the bridge between lost humanity and a holy God. And it doesn't matter how good a person is that uh, may do all kinds of good deeds, and may be a humanitarian, and may have many kind acts, uh, you're never going to get to heaven on your good works, because all it takes is for one sin. And I, I've never met anybody ever who's just done one sin. Most people have done 
thousands of sins. And these are not just sinful actions. These are sinful thoughts, sinful attitudes. So all it takes is one and you're out. And so the only person who never sinned was Jesus Christ. And therefore he became the perfect sacrifice who could redeem us back to God. Praise God. So those are who are in Christ have been washed with his blood and are saved and are heaven bound. Praise God. So those that aren't are separated from God because of their sins. So not only do sins separate unbelievers from God, but also they could never please God also because they don't understand faith. And it says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. So unbelievers can't please God because they don't, they don't understand what faith is. And that's why the Egyptians trying to emulate the people of God followed the same path but got very different results. Now let me say this also uh, from how God works with the church. Um, as the people of God, the last thing that you want going on in your life uh, would be something that, like what happened to the Egyptians, they all, they all drowned. That's certainly not the inheritance of the child of God. But it's very important to know that even as a Christian, if you're not going to use your faith, you very well could run into trouble and could even experience certain calamities that would befall the Egyptians, or you know, a more modern way of looking at it, that would befall the unsaved people of the world. Uh, you have to use your faith and trust God for protection, for health, for safety, for prosperity, for wisdom. The just shall live by faith. Praise the Lord. And Jesus gave two amazing examples, even during His day, of how during times of great difficulty, when Jewish people were dying and perishing, the only people that got a miracle were two outsiders. They were actually Gentiles, but they were Gentiles who believed God, and took God at His Word, and they got their miracle, while the covenant people who should be walking in faith but were not, those people were dying left and right. My friends, your your portion, your inheritance is not to drown, you know, it's not to drown physically in water, and it's not to drown financially in debt, it's not to drown in worry or fear, it's to experience victory, but you need to use your faith. Without faith it is impossible to please Him. Now, here's something I was thinking about today, is that, you know, it's possible that you could have a supernatural encounter where an angel of God sent perhaps even directly from heaven comes and talks to you and gives you a message. But you know what? Don't think that just because there's an angel standing before you that you think, well, if it happened like that, Pastor Stephen, I would certainly believe. Not necessarily. You never really want to be in a doubt zone. You always want to be in the faith zone because it's also possible for Jesus Himself to come and share something through a vision or through a supernatural experience, and you still might not receive it just because you're choosing not to believe it. So we have to be people of faith, and you're, when I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about faith in God's Word. God's, and God's Word is God's will and His plan for your life. And you're taking hold of that. Get ready 
I believe there are encounters just right around the corner for you. Who knows? Maybe the, maybe the next time you go to sleep, you'll wake up in the middle of the night uh, to pray or seek God. Or maybe an angel will wake you up, and you could have a life-changing experience. But I want you to know, even with those encounters, you're going to have to believe, praise God. It's not like you get to hang up your faith ticket or your faith hat say I don't need that anymore because I'm in the anointing now or the gifts are operating now or I'm having a vision now no you're you're always going to have to walk in faith and that's something we need to be mindful of let's go to the book of Luke chapter 1 and I want to give you an example of this and I also want to share with you how things can turn real quick from what may be a little bit of a boring situation not that all of life needs to be fireworks. You know, I don't always need, you know, to watch baseball and see every batter hit the ball out of the park. I, not every batter is going to hit a grand slam. I'm not expecting that. I'm not expecting every day to be some kind of like day where, you know, it's just over the top. You, because sometimes you just want to relax. Sometimes you don't necessarily want to wear a suit. Maybe you just want to wear your jeans or some shorts or, or something like that. You don't always want to be amped and everything, you know, being maxed out. Uh, so there's a, there is a place for normalcy and peace and all of that good stuff. But yes, there are defining moments in life. And, you know, if, if you don't ever have those, then something is being delayed. And God wants you to have those mountain experiences, just like regular experiences also. But I believe things are uh, are turning for you in a very, very good way. And you need, to, you need to be expecting God to do miracles in your life. You need to be expecting good things to happen. I remember decades back when Orr Roberts was alive and he had his television program, uh, even before I was born, when he was, you know, breaking into television and this was brand new and, you know, especially for Christian ministers. But, you know, he got on TV and said, Ex expect something good to happen to you today and and something is good good is going to happen to you and you know he would get letters in the mail from Christians saying you know I don't believe that why, why should I expect something good to happen to me you, you you don't know my situation you don't know what I'm going through and people would just give the most unusual letters but you know those are just people that are just being stubborn and, and just choosing not to believe that God is good that God does miracles, that God saves and heals and delivers. And so oftentimes people express their discouragement, they, they vent their frustrations, and they're in a place of unbelief. But you cannot afford to be living in unbelief. You need to be in faith because things can change dramatically. Things can change on a dime. Things can change in a moment. Let's talk about that. We're in Luke chapter 1. It says in verse 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. We're at the time of about 4 B.C., maybe 3 B.C. This is also the time where Herod is going to be passing away, probably about 2 B.C., a lot of changes taking place. Now, it says, of course, during this time, a certain priest named Zacharias. Okay, so we know that Zacharias is a priest descending down the priestly lineage of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Okay, so he has a wife who is also from a priestly lineage. That means that her daddy was a priest. And so in the Jewish mindset and in the Jewish culture, 
that is considered a great blessing that not only are you a priest but that the that your wife is also from a priestly lineage so it's really like a double type blessing and it says here that Zacharias was of the division of Abijah well that's really taking us back to the days of David when there were so many priests that David decided to put them into various divisions so that things could be organized and that there would be like a rotation basis uh, where the priest, most of the priests lived in the hill country. And when it was their time to serve, they would travel in groups, their division up to Jerusalem, which wasn't that far away. They're just living outside of the city in the neighboring, I wouldn't call them suburbs, but little, little village areas of these little bitty uh, towns that were in the hills there, that usually south of Jerusalem. And so they would travel up to Jerusalem for the priestly service. And during the time of Zechariah, it looks like there were anywhere between maybe 8,000 to probably 20,000 active priests during that time. They were in 24 divisions. That was something that was established by King David. And Abijah's division was actually the eighth out of the 24. It was the eighth division. And they would go twice a year to Jerusalem, and they would journey together with their own separate division, with their group. And when they went to Jerusalem, they would be there for one week of service there at the temple. There at the temple, there were two daily sacrifices that would take place. There was one in the morning, and then there would be one at night. And the sacrifices that were basically involving the, what we would call the holy place, or the inner court would take eight priests, and lots would be drawn to determine which priest would get each task. And so we see here that Zacharias was of the, the division of Abijah. Now, verse 7, it tells us they had no child, he and his wife, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Verse 8, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell. Oh, so there was a drawing of lots. Well, they did that so there's not competition, there's not jealousy, oh, he's favoring so-and-so, he gets the special. Uh, no, they didn't do that. They just drew lots, and the Lord worked through the lot system during that time. Uh, by the way, speaking of lots and things related to lottery or luck or chance, when you see it in this type of a context, it is a lot that God has established, and God honored it, and God blessed it. But you'll notice that after Peter and the apostles were drawing for the lots of who's going to replace Judas. So they've got, they had 12 apostles, one's gone, they want a replacement. You'll never see any more lot drawing after that. And that is because the Holy Spirit was poured out right after that. And now you have the Holy Spirit to guide you. And so now, the Father God, He'll bear witness with the Holy Spirit. I would greatly encourage you to not draw the lot. I would encourage you to not play the lottery, because God, He's not honoring, He's not honoring that method anymore. And besides, those things for the lottery are worldly. This was something that was very kingdom 
oriented. So the lot is drawn, and it tells us here that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Well, here's something fascinating. If you got the lot to be the guy that's going to burn the incense at the golden altar of incense, that was considered to be a once in a lifetime privilege. And you, you know, think about it. At this time, he's he's been serving as a priest for many years. I don't know. Maybe he thought in his heart, you know what? I've done this for so long. I'll probably never have that distinct honor of being able to burn the the incense on the golden altar. I, I he probably thought, you know, maybe it's just never going to happen because so many others would be selected, and you know, there's so many people also uh, that are in the priestly group that. Maybe he thought it'll just never happen. But I need to let you know that things can change dramatically for you on one day. It could be unexpected. And suddenly, something that you just thought, this is never going to happen. I mean, maybe you're even praying, believing in a sense, but there could be a, a part of maybe some nagging unbelief. You just think, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know really if God's hearing my prayers. <laughs> Glory to God. But I think there's a place where you can really pray, and you can really seek the Lord, and you've, you've pushed it through. Maybe you haven't gotten a witness from the perspective of, uh, you know, no angelic choir singing, we've heard your prayers, uh, it will be done, uh, nothing like that. But you really have labored, you really have gone before the Lord, but you don't, you don't have like some kind of spectacular thing. Well, I think when you've done your part, and you just hang in there, your moment will still come. It'll still come. And so that is what has happened to him. He has now been selected. Verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. So many people would gather together at the hour of incense because once it was over, and that priest came out from the holy place, he would speak a blessing over the people. And so while he's in there praying, burning the incense, which is a symbol of the prayers going up. In other words, if the incense is received, it means that the prayers of the people have been received. So they want to see that incense, the smoke coming up through the, you know, the top of the temple, and they want it, because that's a good sign for them, and then they want to receive the blessing. And so many of them would also be uh, either standing around waiting, they would, many times they would also be prostrate, laying on the floor, waiting for the priest who's in the holy place to finish that job, and to then come out. Now, when the eight priests would be working around this area, there would be another priest who would be taking care of the menorah, the golden lampstand, so that the wick is trimmed, and that the fresh oil is put into the lamp, so that the menorah burns properly. Uh, the, the showbread, which would be over on the right, would also be checked and uh, be changed. It would be fresh. Uh, the golden lampstand, the menorah, was on the left. So once those things were taken care of, it means that Zacharias is now in there by himself. And so it's there while he's by himself on a very special day. And you were always considered blessed if you had that moment where you were the priest selected to burn the incense. From that day on as a priest, you were considered a special blessed priest. 
to have been chosen by the Lord to do that. Let's continue. Verse 11, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Well, there's going to be a conversation. Some wonderful things are going to be shared. But, but bottom line, basically what has happened is that his whole world just got turned upside down. <laughs> his whole life just got tremendously, radically changed. I don't, I don't think when he woke up that morning, he had any indication about, of what was about to happen. He probably had no clue that God is about to do something so gigantic, so major in his life, that 2,000 years there would be a preacher in North Carolina teaching on it because it's still so amazing and ministers preaching and teaching all over the world about it that his own son he's going to get a son and this son is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah oh my goodness what a day my friends I'm telling you your day can turn in just a moment when you're walking with God living for God giving God your best you may have your challenges you may have your the times you wonder, you know, Lord, you know, what's going on? But I tell you what, just keep walking with God, keep praying, stay close to the Lord, and your moment of destiny will come. And it came for Him, and it's going to come for you also. Get ready, get ready for visitation. Praise God. Now, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Well, that's pretty heavy duty. Your prayer is heard. I think sometimes we skip past that and get right into the message that the messenger is bringing. But don't forget that all of this is really a response to prayer. Don't be discouraged, my friends. Keep on praying. God, God hears your prayers. God hears your prayers, but just stay before Him. Stay before Him day and night. And there's going to come the moment when something will be released from heaven, and you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to get that breakthrough that you're looking for. In the Greek, when it says that your prayer is heard, it's, the word for prayer here is actually the word desis, and it means urgent request. So it's a stronger, it's a stronger form of the Greek word for prayer, and it means your urgent request has been heard. Do you have something urgent? Do you have something that's not a light matter that you're bringing before the Lord, something that just means the world to you, as we say? You just, God, you're like, God, I really, really want you to do this. Lord, everything about it is good. Lord, it would bring you glory. Lord, it would be a blessing. Lord, it would bless others. Is there something that you would consider an urgent request? I believe God, I believe God's ears are open right now. Praise the Lord. He says, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. How about this for a message, a message that's so accurate, so clear, that not only you're going to have a son, but I'm going to, I'm going to even tell you what his name is going to be. Zacharias, you're, you're, going to, you're going to call him John. We're going to even make it really easy for you. You're going to get your miracle. You're going to get your cake with all the icing on the top. His name is going to be John. Not Juan, which is nice, but John. Praise God. Okay. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. 
Wow, what's not to doubt about this? What's not to be excited about this? Joy, gladness, rejoicing? Boy, that sounds good. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Ooh, famous in the Lord's eyes. This is just really getting good. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Ooh, praise God. It gets better. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Always oh, going to be a prophetic person to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So he's going to get people ready for the Lord. Wow. He's the forerunner of the Messiah. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? You know, it seems like that just came out like a real dud. I mean, he's just not moved by any of this. The glory, the radiance, the, the Shekinah, the, the presence, the energy of God flowing off the angel. He's just like, well, um, how shall I know? I mean, he doesn't even say, hey, this is wonderful. <laughs> he just says, well, how, how shall I know this? We want to talk in just a moment about his response. Why was he like that? Why maybe are some of you like that? maybe a little bit flat, maybe a little bit discouraged. We'll get to that in just a moment. How shall I know this? I mean, let's stop and think about his, how he's treating the angel. For I am an old man, as if the angel can't tell, right? For I am an old man. He actually sounds kind of grumpy. And my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, basically, hold on just a moment you don't know who you're talking to. I mean, he had to kind of like pull him out of this mode that he was in of, of just like missing the moment. Mm. I told you, I told you that you could have an angel appear to you, bring a message from God to you and still be in unbelief. Well, I wouldn't pastor Stephen. You could, if you chose to, and this is where he's at. He's just in this thing where, yes, great man of prayer, righteous, oh, absolutely, obedient to the law, obedient to the commandments of God. But he's just gotten a little bit maybe frustrated in this one area. And the angel said, answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. This is the top of the top. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. When you get a package in the mail. We received a package in the mail today from UPS. Well, I know that when I signed off for it and they put it in my hands, I'm excited for the box that's in my hands. I don't know what's in it. I actually haven't even opened it yet. I'll probably do that. I'll do that here in just a little bit. But I have enough sense to know that the box didn't come from UPS as maybe as angelic as UPS could be. It actually came from a different origin. The, the delivery system, whether it's an angel or UPS is really just bringing the message or the box or the product to you from whoever sent it. Where is this messenger coming from? Well, he's coming from God. He stood in the presence of God, and God said, take this message to this man in this city. Here's his name. He'll be, he'll be at the temple. He's going to be uh, burning the incense. Go and give him this message. Wow. So he's, 
uh, here's Zechariah kind of like disrespecting the messenger, which means he's also dis disrespecting the the one who's actually sending the messenger. Well, he's going to he's going to get dealt with in in a, in a merciful way, in a, in a loving way, but something that will make Zechariah think, I should have had a different response. I should have done better on that. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. In the spirit realm, doubt, unbelief are very obvious. You can't hide it because you're, you're you're open in the spirit realm. You're, you're transparent in a, is maybe a good way to see it or say it. And you can see faith and you can see unbelief very, very easily. And so Gabriel said, you know, this is because of your unbelief. This is why this is taking place with you. Well, he's going to not be able to talk. He's not going to be able to uh, do some of the things that he enjoys. But behold, you will be mute, not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words. So, God's got to take care of Zacharias, make sure he doesn't mess all of this up. Let's just keep him quiet. Let him not be able to say something for a long time. And uh, that, because we have an assignment, we've got a thing we've got to get done here, and we're not going to let anything mess this up. So God does his part. Zechariah gets in line, does his part, and John eventually comes on the scene right on time. Then, of course, the Messiah, Jesus our Lord and Savior, comes on the scene as well. Let's go back to Zechariah. Why, why was he so flat? Why was he so unexcited? Why was he so in the midst of what we could say fireworks? Why, did you, why is he just standing there saying things like, well, I'm an old man, and you know, and you know, my wife's old, and I, I why, why not just say, wow, this is great, I believe it, this is what I've been waiting for, this is what I've been praying for. Why? It's an honest question. And here's what I think is going on. It's been a long time since anything like this has happened. It has been over 400 years since the last prophet, Malachi, was on the scenes writing, and God's, God's voice, the oracle of God, was being proclaimed. For 400 years, it's been silent. And so after, you know, 40 years, 100 years, 200 years, 280 years, people just get a little fatigued. People can get, maybe, I'm talking about God's people, maybe get in a little bit of a, of a rut. We continue on with all of the activities. We continue on with all of the things we need to do at the temple. We continue on with our priesthood. We continue on with our ministry. We continue on with our life, and not much is happening. But it can all change real, real quick. You're coming into a new season, and this new season has a lot baked into it with the very things that Gabriel spoke to Zacharias. There's going to be joy. There's going to be gladness. There's going to be rejoicing at the birth of this new move of God's Spirit, which is a prophetic movement. You know, the American church hasn't, we haven't seen a revival in America in a long, long time. Uh, we've, we've had a few things that 
came up on the radar as small blips on the radar. Uh, nothing really that caught any kind of national attention or anything like that. No, nothing really big. Good moves of God, but real small, real, real small. So we haven't had like what you would call a strong big move of God in a long, long, long time. And so you, got a, you have a lot of Americans that are living that th th they don't even know what it is. But God's going to move, and God's going to move in the church first, because God wants to refresh you, God wants to bless you, God wants to restore you, God's going, God wants to strengthen you, and His glory is coming, and it's going to come out to others in a greater way, but it's going to start with you. When, Pastor Stephen? Oh, I would just say be open for it right now. I would, I would wake up each day saying, Lord, visit me today. Lord, let today be my day of visitation. I believe God's real nice. I believe that God pulled these two things together. He likes doubles. He likes to do things in, the, in a double type method. He pulls it together where I believe something that was a heart's desire for Zacharias which was always to be able uh, to be one uh, chosen to burn the incense. God pulled that together where He allowed him to be chosen to do something that was considered a great, great blessing, considered the highest blessing that a priest could ever have outside of the high priest who once a year goes into the Holy of Holies. But uh, for the regular priest, that was considered the apex. You couldn't go any higher. So God, on that day that He blessed him with that grace and that gift, also on that same day does a double by allowing him to have a supernatural angelic encounter revealing to him that his very urgent and deep and strong prayer has been answered and that he's going to have a son and there's going to be a lot of rejoicing and this is a child of destiny and was he ever praise God. My friends I believe that God is going to begin to show you the glorious future breaking forth for you right now. I believe you need to be really open to divine encounters, to spending extra time with the Lord in prayer, because the glory is coming into your life. You're going to see God move where all of your debts are going to get paid off. He's going to set you absolutely, totally free in every area of your life. He's going to heal your mind. He's going to help you with the renewal and the renewing of your mind. He's going to heal your body because you have things to do, and you can't do it when you're all doped up on medications, and you're, you're hooked on prescription drugs, and you, your veins uh, just have all kinds of chemicals and drugs flowing through them. You can't even sometimes think right or act right. God's going to heal your body. He's going to get you off all that stuff. He's going to get you clean. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The great evangelist Catherine Kuhlman said that she received a, a message from the Lord one time, and the Lord told her that when He comes back for the end time church, there will not be one sick person in the church. Well, today, it's just, it's just amazing how many Christians are sick, taking all kinds of pills, all kinds of medicines, to the point where it, the, the level has dropped so low that most Christians think it's normal to be like that. But God's going to bring a great wave of healing to His people, and God is going to make His church a prophetic church, and He's going to make His church the envy, the envy of the nations. Praise the Lord. Get ready for end-time glory. Now, in the Lord's day, we had one John the Baptist, one prophetic voice, getting people ready for the Lord's coming.
but today in the church we will have one voice again but it's going to be a corporate prophetic voice and so instead of just one John the Baptist it's going to be a John the Baptist church saying repent saying get right calling the, the world to repentance calling the world to salvation through Christ and God's going to do an incredible work in his people it's going to be wonderful a lot of joy a lot of rejoicing a lot of late night meetings hallelujah a lot of prayer a lot of freedom a lot of laughter a lot of liberty praise God a lot of blood sweat tears also in a very in a very righteous good way praise the Lord it's all good in the Lord hallelujah I want you to be ready for the end time glory we're in the end times God is releasing it now it's flowing into your spirit if you want to receive this this new prophetic grace that that the Lord is releasing just lift your hands up right now Heavenly Father I just release the anointing uh, for your people for visitation please put your hand your hands on your eyes as your hands are on your physical eyes there's going to come an anointing into your spiritual eyes for prophetic grace to see in the in the spirit realm so father right now put your hands on your eyes I release the prophetic anointing into the eyes of your people to begin to see angels to begin to see into the spirit realm to be open and to have divine encounters we thank you father we bind counterfeits of the enemy we thank you father God but we open our hearts to the to the true to the true anointing of your spirit and it's flowing right now receive in the name of Jesus thank you father Glory to God. Some of you are starting to feel real happy. You may feel a little bit light. You may feel a little bit intoxicated. That's the Holy Spirit coming upon you right now. Now the Lord wants to begin to show you what He's doing in this season of your life. He's setting you free. He's setting you free. This is really a time to draw near to the Lord because the Lord's going to answer all of your prayers. And He's going to show you that Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 is true. That He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond that which you could ask dare imagine or think get ready for it because we are in this season right now where the spirit is being poured out and it's never going to stop until he comes back it is never going to stop until Jesus comes back and it's already flowing it's flowing right now now there's an anointing coming for your tongue to prophesy and to declare the word of the Lord so right now I just speak prophetic grace over you hallelujah Receive in the name of Jesus right into your mouth on your tongue the prophetic anointing to declare the, the, through the spirit of prophecy what the Lord would reveal to you under the anointing. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I see words of knowledge being released to you. Praise God. I see the accurate word of prophecy being given to you. Receive in the name of Jesus right now hallelujah now some of you are getting hot and you feel a heat that's the Holy Spirit coming upon you right now just praise the Lord rejoice and praise the Lord praise God if you would take a little time and wait on the Lord you could probably also get a prophetic word for somebody and you get that just call them on the phone or email them and share that prophecy with them I'm sure they would appreciate that as that would build them up and strengthen them you know uh, me and uh, Pastor Kelly were talking just uh, yesterday actually we had pulled out a prophecy that a prophetess gave us uh, and when she gave the prophecy she said Stephen this is a five year plan that God is going to do for you and she gave me the five year plan and I, I'm five years before she ever gave it she gave the five year plan of the Lord and it was stunning 
stunning how how she just said so many things and they all happened within five years stuff that I, I thought well you know I, you know I don't see how and but God did it God did it so I just see that God is releasing you into the next season of your life it begins right now just walk in it and enjoy praise the Lord rejoice in the Lord and you you may think well uh, Pastor Stephen uh, I, you know everything's been real flat how could things just begin changing because we know what happened for Zechariah and things may be very very normal in your life maybe your income is at this level you're about to go like like that do you hear what I'm saying I'm talking to also some businessmen and businesswomen you may be like this you're doing okay but you're about to go like that graph that just shoots straight up that's what's going to happen to you and God's going to take you financially into the stratosphere get ready glory to God I see great increase for the people of God it's the hour of favor for God's people receive it and say yes in Jesus name now be very careful that you don't do what Zechariah did and you just get discouraged because nothing has happened for so long that you just kind of like well you know that even when it actually starts to happen you're not responding be very careful of that and begin to let the Holy Spirit break you free because God's going to cause all of your dreams to come to pass and begin to dream and believe again and laugh again because it's happening right now. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. This is His season of glory. This is the hour of visitation for the church. And let's take Holy Communion together. And when I say this is the hour for the church, this is the end time hour. What God is doing, the prophetic grace, the apostolic anointing being released, it's not going to stop. It's not going away. Does, it doesn't matter if people understand it or not. Just like the, the, uh, the unbelievers, the, the Egyptians going right down to the, the, uh, dead, uh, the Red Sea chasing the Israelites. They didn't understand faith. That's why the Israelites came up, popped out on the other side, all the Egyptians drowned in the sea. Why? Israelites had faith. They didn't have faith. God's given you faith to do great things. Use your faith and you're going to see it manifest quicker and sooner than you realize. Praise God. Amen. Go for the go for the miracles. Go for the glory. Praise God because it is happening. God's going to give you those great things just like they wanted a son and there was barrenness and it seemed impossible. God can do that and he can do whatever it is that you're believing him to do. But don't doubt, believe because the dryness is over and the glory is here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this little bitty wafer and the grape juice. Father, as we take communion together as a body of believers from around the world, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, Father, we celebrate Jesus who is the head of the church. We now bless the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. We thank you that it's now the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, re we receive it as thus, and we give you praise. Thank you, Father God, for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for prophetic anointing. We give you praise. Thank you, O God. Let your spirit come with fresh oil all over your people. We receive a drenching from heaven. In the name of Jesus, we receive the body of the Lord. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Be ready. Get ready for heavenly encounters. Woohoo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. For some of you that I'm just telling you, ready or not, it's coming. 
you, it's like Zechariah, you prayed, you prayed, but just get ready. Ready or not, it's coming. I would suggest you be ready, though. Uh, it's much more enjoyable when you're ready, and you certainly don't want to do something silly, especially in front of Gabriel or any of the other angels for that sake. You, you don't want to do something silly, and then, then, you know, you and I, we can't talk for the next six months. We, we want to behave ourselves and, and uh, honor the angels and honor the Lord, who's the one sending them. They all work under His command. Father, thank You for the blood of Jesus. It still redeems, it still saves, it still delivers, it still washes, it still cleanses. And we thank You by His blood. By His blood we are made pure and clean. Thank You, Father God, we receive the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's partake together. Woo! Hallelujah! Praise God. Receive fresh oil. Receive the fresh oil in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. My friends, it's been great to talk with you today. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.